How's it going, friends? And welcome to BitCast episode 102 for the week of July 10th, 2022. I'm your host, Jake Martin. On the show this week, we have Landry Smith once again, aka Hot Sauce. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about that. I actually don't even remember how that originated, but uh, yeah. what's up, man? You thought I forgot. You thought? I thought, yeah, I did. I'd forgotten. So, of course. <laughs> How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's been a it's been a good day. Uh, quick shout out: got like a whole bunch of new followers on Twitter by doing this like thing that I saw somebody else do. When you're close to like a milestone, you know, you just put it out there, like, "Hey, I'm getting close to this yeah. number. If anyone else is into the things I'm into, go ahead and give me a follow." So you got uh, on your knees and begged, <laughs> but it worked. Get me over a hundred, please. <laughs> I'm at ninety one right now, so. Yeah, I maybe I should do the same. You could do the same, or I'll I'll do it for you. I'll just shout you out, and let Thanks, folks man. know they need to follow you for your gaming hot takes and hot sauce opinions. Thanks. I my problem with Twitter is like I have so many interests. Like I'll tweet about basketball and uh, like the NBA playoffs, and sometimes like whatever I'm reading, I'll like pop yeah. some quotes on, and I, I feel like I need to be strictly gaming, which is probably like ninety percent of the tweets that I do. But I'll yeah. throw out every once in a while, like quote whatever i'm reading and sorry a fly was attacking me and oh, no. uh <laughs> i was like get out of here and uh, i'll get like one like for that but you know shout out to the one person who enjoys uh classic literature hey and shout out to all those those one persons out there that that like the content we put out there we, we appreciate it okay it's it's appreciated we're not we're not big time here but we're having a fun time doing it so and that's all that matters Cheers but if you are tuning in, cheers to that. That's exactly right. We are talking about what we've been playing, which I'm excited to. I always, I would. That's like my favorite segment of this podcast, just getting to hear what people are playing. Because I guess if I vicariously live through people and like, oh yeah, that sounds great. I might not ever be able to play that, but it sounds great. Uh, and then our topic of the show today is game droughts, backlogs, and everything in between. Because 2022 has been maybe somewhat of a slowdown year, and we're going to talk about that. But before we do, housekeeping, thanks for, again, thanks for helping me hit 100 followers out there on Twitter. You guys are awesome. Uh, next week, uh, I will be streaming with my actual real brother, my older brother, the one who introduced me to video games, really. Uh, you know, watching him play Mega Man growing up. Uh, we're going to be playing uh, maybe some Fall Guys, some sort of cross-platform games because he has an Xbox and a Switch. Uh, so we're trying to figure out what we want to play. But that'll be a fun stream, and it'll be hard to tell apart our voices because we sound almost exactly the same. So, <laughs> oh man, so your brother's like radio ready right out of the gate. That's uh, that's awesome. I hope so. I hope so. I don't know how he's gonna sound, I don't know what he's what kind of setup he's got, but it'll be something. So, uh, drink of the show today, Landry. I saw you sipping on something over there. What you got this time? This is a uh, I like to call them bush naws, it's a bush non alcoholic. Nice, it sounds like the worst thing of all time, <laughs> but uh. I've mentioned this, I think, on the show before. I'm I'm going sober with my wife. She's pregnant right now, so I love it. Um, about six months in, and I've tried a lot of non-alcoholic beers, <clears throat> just to kind of like, because I still want to hang out and like be one of the bros whenever I'm out and around town. And yeah. uh, Bush in a tastes exactly like regular Bush, which is like yeah. the best non-alcoholic beer out there. So uh, not too bad. So that's my review of non-alcoholic beer for the day. That's fantastic. And how do you feel? Uh, that's one thing I've always been curious about. Like people that have kind of totally cut it out, like have noticed a, a huge improvement in just overall health and energy usually. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess like all the gluten in beer, I didn't realize what a 
toll that was having on me. It's kind of weighing me down a little bit. So, um, it's kind of weighing yeah. me down. I feel good though, man. I have uh, zero complaints about about taking this time off from drinking. Kind of resetting and reconsidering uh, my perspectives on uh, partying hard. So, oh yeah, yeah. Those the days of partying are not not for dads. That's that's just not a reality so true. anymore. Yeah, that's another thing. Having a two year old will definitely. That really changes it for you. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like yeah. the past two years, it's not, it's not like there's a window for that in my life, honestly. Yeah, I was like, eh, I don't know about you, man, but I don't, I don't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is, that has not been a thing. Uh, for me, I got a nice little Boda box of red wine. Just oh, a little, nice. little, little, little pour here, and it's uh, I don't even know what it's just, just the red something. It's, uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's S- fine. Stay classy. I'm not much of a wine guy, uh, but really. When you not, got it, I it's guess nice. I'm not, I'm not really either. It's nice when you have it. You're like, okay, yeah, this is fine. It's cozy. <laughs> but moving on to the cozy things, Landry, um, I gotta know, what are you playing? Oh man, I I uh, I've been thinking about what I should talk about. We already talked a lot about Elden Ring on this show, so I think I'm. Gonna... Well, I want to hear your updated perspectives now. Well, how far about... are you? I'm about 15 hours in. Um, I, I really haven't checked my play count, but I'm like level 32. <clears throat> oh, you're doing good. Okay. Yeah. I've basically done all of Limgrove, Lim the starting area. Limgrave. Limgrave, sorry. Um, I don't know, man. I, I like it a lot. I think it's awesome. I'm a little overwhelmed by the entirety of the game. Like, like I feel like Lim <laughs> Limgrave was so vast, and I sunk so much time into it. I'm like... I don't know if I've got like the willpower to drive and barrel through the rest of it, to be honest. So today mm. I had like my little gaming time carved out and I just kind of picked up uh, Horizon Forbidden West instead. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to give this a go. Maybe I'll come back to Elden Ring in uh, in a month or so. But right now I'm just, I'm a little, I don't know. I'm just daunted by the vastness of the game. Um, it hasn't hooked me like I was anticipating it would. Interesting. Which, you, as you know, I'm a I'm a fan of you know prior yeah. Souls games. So I think one thing that I really that I'm really kind of freaking out about is the the side quests. For mm-hmm. some reason, because they're so vague in Souls games, and they're vague in the other games as well. But because those worlds are so confined. It doesn't feel as much to me like I'm constantly thinking like, man, I'm missing something. And that's mm. the way I feel all the time that I'm playing Elden Ring and I constantly want to resort to a guide. And <laughs> and having to check my phone so much to feel like if I'm missing th- something or not is just like not pleasant right now. Mm. So I think that's why I'm I'm moving on. Okay. I respect that. And I think what I've heard recently is like people that play Elden Ring, they kind of they play it in two ways. Kind of they just steamroll through it and they know they want to do everything in that game. And then for those of us that are probably a bit more time restricted or like have other things they might want to be trying out, it's like this is a big commitment. So you either have to sacrifice not being a completionist and just kind of doing the things that you find interesting. Um or like kind of what I did is I I hit that wall too, where I was like, this is a big game. I don't have time to do all of this. So I found like the 
the leveling section where there's like an area where you can, there's a few like grinding areas, but you can just one in particular, that's really, really good. And you can just grind and make, you get tons of experience. And so I leveled myself up really, really high. Uh, and then eventually it was just like, okay, I'm going to go to like the next places I'm supposed to go basically. And then just kind of finish the game up that way. Nice. Um, one thing so, I will say is like, I haven't had a lot of pushback on bosses. Like I kind of feel like a badass out there. Yeah. Like I've been, I've been wrecking through all the people in that first little area, um, like the Weeping Peninsula and uh, Limgrave, like I was saying. So <laughs> these guys um, have nothing, nothing. On yeah. Them. So that's not it. Like it's not the difficulty curve that's getting me. It's more, which I guess you could say, not really knowing what to do. There's, there's a little bit that is part of the game. You know, that is kind of like you're just supposed to explore, figure it out as you go, mm-hmm. and it's. You know, you're not going to have a clean 100% playthrough probably on your first time in a Souls game. I understand that. It's just, it's just so daunting at this point. And uh, I've only got like three more weeks left of my summer break. I just don't know if I want to spend it playing Elden Ring right mm. now. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not a very joyous place to spend your time either. That Dude. is, it's not very beautiful. Sometimes, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's gross. It's like there are it's moments scary. of beauty, and you know, I I love like the just the horror genre but at the music in that game is just a constant drag so mm-hmm. i don't ever want to play it for more than like an hour or two there's certain places where it's beautiful there's other places where it's a little bit yeah a little bit of a downer haven't hit too many of the beautiful spots yet so <laughs> uh, on the there. music front i the like a, the world is aesthetically pleasing and it is fun to explore but the music yeah. has not stood out to me yet <laughs> uh well, so for me, I have been playing through Uncharted Lost Legacy. I got the PlayStation Plus um, extra tier so I could try some of these games out. I'd never played Lost Legacy before. Uh, so just quick notes. like It's been fun going back through the Uncharted vibe and exploring and doing these light puzzles here and there. Uh, the game still looks amazing, even though it's technically a PS4 game. It looks great. Um, and like, I looked up how long it is to beat this game and just knowing that it was like a short seven hour experience has actually made it a lot more attractive to me. So I think oh, I'm really so close. Nice. I think I'm really close to beating it already, but I was just like, yeah, this has been good. This has been, this is exactly what I needed. I didn't want to get back into a full uncharted game. Like I did, I want to play uncharted four again, but I don't think I'm ready yet to jump into that. So this yeah. has been a nice little stopgap between that. Yeah, I think. It's going to be a few years before I want to revisit Uncharted 4. I've still got that pretty fresh in my memory. Yeah. And uh, that game was long. It uh, was pretty long. But I beat Lost Legacy this year as well. Look at us. For the just, first time. And just it was two, very fun. Two friends beating Lost Legacy in the same year. Look at us. Two dads. <laughs> uh, and then also Returnal. You got me back on Returnal because you picked it up. And you were, and then we were like, oh, let's do co-op because they added that. Um, and that was great. I had a fun time. I don't know about you. Did you enjoy uh, that? I had, or I had a blast, man. I, I really... I'm extremely impressed by the game. Um, and it's just so, when you play that, when you're playing that game, it feels so good. It looks so good. It sounds so good. Like everything they set out to do, they did mm-hmm. in like a 10 out of 10 manner. Now, I, my one complaint, I was sharing this with you when we were playing. It's like, dude, I really wish they hadn't done the roguelite experience. It's just like, it almost seems like they had so many ways out and like, uh, I wonder, well, I'm not, it's not even a wonder, like it could have sold so much more and I appreciate them having the integrity to like finish the vision they started out with, but at the same time, selfishly as like somebody who's not, uh, not a pro gamer or not even like 
a great gamer. Like, I don't know if I have the skill level to beat that. So Yes, you do. Landry, if you can beat Donkey Kong Country without needing to like do any saves or whatever or like rewinds you're you're fine to beat beat yeah this no game. i it, again it's like a time commitment right like how long do i have to invest to, to put into this like the last one that i beat like this like hades like mm-hmm. i don't know i just felt like the loop gave you so much more every time you played through you felt yourself getting better i don't know if i feel that way in eternal and i've only done three runs so far so I I want to see. I wish I would have taken a screenshot of my my like audio or my capture log. Um, I think I only died like I think I only did like forty six cycles or like forty six resets, which is still like okay. a pretty significant amount of deaths after like long, somewhat long games. Um, That's like, um, I think I had forty two in Hades. So, but uh, what I will say is like this after I finished playing with you, I was like oh, I'm gonna finish this game. Um, and what I didn't realize, what is nice is after you get towards the halfway point of Returnal, it, it doesn't actually make you go all the way back through those first three biomes. It actually starts you at like four to the next three. So four to six, essentially. Uh, so I didn't have to make it through everything. And it was just like, I got to the end boss way faster than I thought I was going to get there. I was like, oh, I'm already here. Okay. And I beat him. And I was like, oh. And I got nice. the credits. I got the credits to roll. And I was like, sweet. I beat Returnal. Um, nice, it was dude. it was so good, man. Um it's all about like, so I wrote this down, but like I found this, this combination, there's this thing that whenever you pick up the green things, the resin, it'll give you an extra shield. So like it keeps your adrenaline high if you get hit once and you, you won't actually lose any of your power. Uh, and then you like this thing that also increased your protection, like every single time you picked up ether, which is another like common thing you find later in the game. And then, and then I had all these integrity upgrades. So basically your health. So I had super high health. I had this extra shield and then this like really high defense. So by the time I was getting down to like the final boss, like nothing was hurting me. Like I could get hit nice. it like many times and I was like, Oh, okay, I'm fine. And it was just, yeah, it was great. I just, uh, I really enjoyed it. I don't want to spoil too much. Cause I do think it's worth it. And I think, I think they've made it a little bit easier. And anytime you want to do a co-op session, like before you go into like the next biome, there's like one of those little spheres. So oh, cool. you can always call somebody in for the next biome you're going into. I thought the co-op experience was awesome though. I really was yeah, impressed it was seamless. With that. for them to like have, kind of tacked that on at the end um yeah or, like it was a dlc wasn't it like a free dlc yeah just a free correctly? update to the game i was like holy smokes this is super smooth and and one mm-hmm. of the better co-op experiences i've had like in a kind of game like that so yeah only downside is you have to share all the upgrades with your uh your uh, friend so yeah <laughs> so and if any of you, you watch need. the tmnt stream you know i'm a the fiend for taking all the supplies before the anybody else can get to him. Landry so. loves the loot. That guy loves it. Especially if it's pizza. So. Oh, dude, so much pizza. This guy loves pizza. All right, well, hey, let's jump on to the topic of the show then. So, 2022 game drought. The year of the backlog. Um, So, this came up in the Twitter spheres and just really across the games industry as a whole. People have been talking about this game drought that's been happening sort of as a result of the pandemic still rolling on. So a lot of games that were supposed to release this year have now been pushed back to 2023. Uh, Games like Starfield, Redfall, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Forspoken. I mean, that's just the four off the top of my head that are pretty huge. Um, But there's so many more that like we were kind of expecting to hear more about this year or at least have a release date for this year and that have been pushed back. And so what's resulted now is this period in the summer. So like really starting in like, April to July, maybe early August, there's been a really big slowdown in big releases. 
or at least a perceived slowdown in big releases. So what I thought we'd do is analyze this, uh, see what's come out so far and sort of what's coming down the pipeline a little bit uh, and compare that to 2021. You added the 2021 dates, which was a great idea. So we'll look at those uh, and then we'll kind of just walk through this step by step and kind of just talk about game droughts as a whole and what that means for us, how you handle something like that, what you can do instead, like tackle a backlog. Uh, and then also we had some, uh, some people write in, uh, from the questions on Twitter. So if you are wanting to give your opinions on the show, uh, follow, follow a uh, Bitblogus on Twitter or Landry on Twitter. And, uh, we have a lot of fun conversations going on there. So starting out January, uh, 2022 to now. So basically like June, we're, we, we like went to June, essentially. We had Pokemon Legends Arceus, uh, or Arceus, Horizon Forbidden West, Elden Ring, Gran Turismo 7, Project Triangle Strategy, or just Triangle Strategy, Tunic, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Lego Star Wars, Skywalker Saga, MLB The Show, Nintendo Switch Sports, Mario Strikers, TMNT Shredder's Revenge, Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes, and then Cuphead, the last, or sorry, the delicious last course. So by and large, a pretty, pretty solid start to 2022. And then we'll, I'll do 2021 to kind of compare, or do you want to, do you want to talk about that list first? Yeah, I will. I don't know. Just like um, immediately what jumps out to me is like, there's a lot of really good games here in the first six months of the year. And that's the first six months of the year. You know, this mm -hmm. the last six, uh, three months really. But I think about like September to December mm -hmm. or really the end of November, that's where we're going to get the bangers, right? That's where all mm -hmm. the huge AAA uh, party games that like they want to get out for parents and Christmas and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that's usually where the biggest games come out. So to me, this does not look like a year of a gaming drought, but I do think it's interesting to compare it to 2021. So yeah, let's see what 2021 offered in that same amount of time. This is just the first six months as well, right? So we're looking at January through the end of June in 2021. Yeah. So we had Hitman 3, Cyber Shadow, however you pronounce this, <laughs> Ease. 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 I think it's Ease. Yeah. X, I, I, X, uh, whatever, you know, nine. nine. Yeah. Little Nightmares 2. <laughs> Uh, Super Mario 3D World, Persona 5 Strikers, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection, Bravely Default 2, Outriders, Super Meat Boy Forever, Monster Hunter Rise, uh, New Pokemon Snap, Returnal, Resident Evil Village 8, or Resident Evil Village 8, whatever, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Mario Golf Super Rush. Um, so about the same amount of output, I would say, in big titles. Uh, yeah. Now again, 2021 to 2022... Both are years that have been somewhat impacted by uh, the pandemic. Um, we're getting like the uh, the after effects of that in 2022, and 2021 was still kind of very much in the midst of of that coming to an end, or at least quarantine ending. Uh, so I think there was a lot of there was a big slowdown there as well. But these both of these lists, I think, look really good. Um, Same, yeah. Again, for the first six months, and then knowing what we got on the back half of 2021. And what we're slated to get in the back half of 2022, uh, the word drought is interesting because it's like, are people really starving or like dying for n new content or more content? I mean, we live in like this just culture of distraction and mm -hmm. content at our fingertips. I'm just like, man, I've never 
I can't really remember complaining about not having something to play. Like there's always something for me to go back and dive mm-hmm. into. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm in my thirties now and, and I still enjoy going back and playing old stuff. I know some people like to play stuff once and never go back and revisit stuff. I'm not like that. I, I really enjoy um, replaying games over and over again. So, mm-hmm. well, so I think, yeah, like that, that kind of is the question. Like, are we actually in a game drought? And I would say, no, I don't think we're in a game drought. We're def- we definitely have less larger AAA releases uh, coming out this year that feel like bigger impactful, but it's because I think what you kind of were alluding to earlier, but like, it's because we had, we knew that things were coming down the pipeline that didn't actually get released this year. So it feels a little bit more um, empty. Like, oh man, we were kind of really expecting Breath of the Wild this year and not having that game coming out in 2022 makes it feel more sparse or same thing with Starfield. It's like, oh, we were thinking we were gonna have this huge AAA Bethesda game for Xbox coming out and it's not coming out now. Yeah, Starfield, Redfall. Um, and, and then really up until what was it last week we were kind of on the fence about god of war we didn't know mm-hmm. if that was going to slip out too so um you know when we came up with this topic god of war was still up in the air and yep. and that really would have felt like a year lost but if you just look at the heavy hitters horizon forbidden west gran turismo 7 elden ring arguably the came out of nowhere the goatee. Like, yeah well certainly so far mm-hmm. but i would argue that like its impact was no one could have seen that coming. Like, yeah, game was a huge. Two, three million dollar seller, and uh, you know, popular among certain people who like those souls. Likes, sure, yeah, I would, I could see it. That like highly rated on Metacritic, but selling ten million copies and being like this huge cultural like <laughs> phenomenon. Moment, yep, that's wild, man. Like, I had a friend text me who literally doesn't play video games. He's only played like Breath of the Wild in the past five or six years. Yep, um, and I think he has a Super Nintendo at home, but we usually talk about movies and he texted me about Elden Ring and was like, this game looks amazing. And he's like, I really want to play it. How should I do that? And I was like, um, well, you can borrow the PS five sometime. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's just, it's for some reason that game is grabbing people um, at, at, who aren't even gamers, which is crazy to me because it is mm-hmm. the level of entry is very, very high. Yep. But yeah, I mean, like, I think, I think like the the biggest thing is like, we as gamers are not people kind of like you're saying. There's so much content to consume, so much to play, and video games are not um, um you know, an easy hobby to get into because they demand so much attention. They demand so much of your time to actually sit sit down, commit time to, and finish up. Especially as these games have gotten bigger, you know, like Elden Ring, like you're saying takes a long time to beat like 60 to 80 hours probably um and when and you I think have you, you touched on attention too it's like it's not like other mediums where you can be doing something else while you're doing it i mean you're fully engaged when you're playing a video game right yes. you've got like it so is many not senses passive. engaged and yeah it's it's completely active i am locked in because i have to see what i'm doing or else i can't i literally can't participate in this hobby like i have to physically focus everything i'm doing on this game um, and so, yeah, I think in that regard, like, yeah, we have our attention drawn other places and that's where like the drought stuff comes into place, or at least not this year, but in, in previous years, there's always been something to <laughs> gauge our, grab our attention next and take us to the next thing, you know? 
Uh, if it's not Netflix or Stranger Things, it's you know the next big Nintendo game that's coming out. But we really we don't really have that this year. Like we have Splatoon coming down the road. Uh, we have a few other like sort of big titles like yeah again God of War, Pokemon stuff like that's coming out. Uh, but in terms of like what we're used to seeing, this is not the normal. I would say in terms of how much how much time we have between these big releases. And so I feel like that's kind of a good thing. I would say yeah. that the I think the industry needs to slow down. Uh, we're moving into this entire new next generation of technology that requires so much more time and resources, and it's only getting harder and more expensive to make games. So for me, I'm like, yeah, it only makes sense that we could slow down or should slow down. Uh, because again, I don't have time for all this stuff. I'm speaking for myself, but also like it seems like the industry can't really bear a lot of this anymore it's like we can't pump out these games like we used to like it's going to be the next four years we're working on this one game to release it for you guys and four is like a quick turnaround now right i mean yeah five i think is almost expected at this mm -hmm. point um but yeah man i completely agree with you i mean if you have like developers like rockstar i don't know how long they take between their you know grand theft auto but i know it's like a pretty big cycle now like they wait how long has GTA five been out for, you know, 2013, it came out the same year as the last of us. Yeah. So, um, so that's <laughs> so wild. I mean, almost 10 years. Almost and, 10 and years. I remember thinking like, man, it took them forever to do the last of us part two. Uh, cause that was seven, a seven year gap, but that game was um, huge and it was amazing. Yeah, but it's, but yeah. it's just like, that stuff takes time. And if you want it to and, be good, you gotta wait. You know, Rockstar's got a lot of resources mm -hmm. thrown at their online components, of course. So, who knows how long they've had certain games in development. I'm, Red Dead 2, though, there was rumors that that was a 10-year development process for that game. So um, Crazy. Crazy. Okay, so all of this talk, though, then leads into, you know, sort of like as we've been waiting for games to come out, we all know that we've accumulated what's called a backlog. And if you don't know what a backlog is, a backlog is like a pile of things that you've tossed aside with the full intention of, re of revisiting someday, but have yet to revisit because things. So we all have them. We have major backlogs in um, video games, in any hobby, in life. There's just things that you do because you don't have time to you get distracted, you go somewhere else. So my question for you, Landry, is you're, you seem like a guy who manages manages his backlog pretty well. So like how do you normally game in a year or like do you buy a lot of next gen games and only finish half or like new games or are you a person who sticks with one until you've like finished it all the way through i never buy new games for like new consoles unless i'm gonna play them literally at that like moment so hmm. like anything i buy on a new platform whether it's switch or ps5 those are the two that i have i'm gonna be playing that like almost immediately where I get into trouble is that I like to collect for old consoles like the DS and the 3DS are probably my two favorites to collect for right now. Yep. But also the Wii. Um, and, you know, I've got Nintendo, Super Nintendo, GameCube. So I'll buy those whenever I see good deals on them. And that's where I get myself into trouble. Um, <clears throat> and about once a year, because I, I tweeted you may be even asking me this because I tweeted about this like a, uh, maybe a few weeks ago. Like, man, I'm really good at keeping up with my backlog. Uh, yeah. It's like something that I pride myself on. And the way I do that is if I'm looking at my shelf and I'm like, man, I really don't want to play that game, even though I bought it, then I sell it. 
and I, <laughs> I, then I don't have to play it anymore. It's not on my backlog anymore because I sold it away, uh, usually for uh, an increased profit as well. That's um, a really good strategy. That is a really so, good strategy. Well, you did that the other day with Yoki's Island. To you. I've tried to play that game three or four times, and I always get about two hours in, and then I just fall off of it because I don't find the mechanic, core mechanic engaging. I could see why people love it. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with the game. It's very well made. Um, and I was just like, you know what, man? I paid like 15 bucks for this. I think I can get 30 for it, and, and I, that's about what I got. So I sold it, and now I don't have to think about it anymore. I don't have to try and play it another time. I'm, I'm good to go. So Good for you um, for uh, for buying the physical version of that. That's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, and it was really cheap when it came out, too. Like I got it for $14.99. Um, Would you recommend people buy physical in this case, then? Are you saying are you more of a, a an advocate for physical physical games over digital? I don't advocate either way. I think there's benefits to both. I like physical because I like to sell things uh, when I'm done with them, or I like to keep them on a shelf and display them. And then when they get super expensive, I don't hold like a ton of sentimental value to my stuff. Then I'll sell it then. So like, <laughs> I've already sold my entire N64 collection and Super Nintendo collection twice. So, oh. um, and then I just start over again. Like I don't have an N64 now. Landry, and it's actually like Landry. killing me. It's killing me. I need to get it back. But like in all those cases, I've made quite a bit of money on what I put into it. So <sighs> you're a madman. But I know I you'll really... fi- I know you'll find it again because for yeah. anyone that's listening, Landry is the kind of person who can go to like he just has like his his ear to the ground or his thumb to the what what is the, the saying y- ear to the ground works i guess thumb on the pulse or something like that whatever whatever it is uh he just knows when like sales and different garage things are happening well he'll just he'll just show up and find video games random places and be like oh yeah they posted about it on social media so i just went and found it <laughs> yeah that's like that's a hobby of mine is actually going out into places maybe even places you would least expect it to and then finding video games and usually like dirt cheap you yeah. know so and then he resells them like a smart person and makes money so good for him so i agree with you i think uh i'm I'm the same way sort of actually i'm not the same as you at all i don't sell games at all <laughs> i don't know why i just said that i am a person who will buy games because i know that I, I will like them or at least i'm interested to try them and then i let them sit there because i feel bad about the purchase i'm like ah People like this game. I should like this game. Like I should just be a person that <laughs> likes this game. Uh, and so I just sit there and look at it for a long time. Um, Deathloop was like that for me. You know, everyone loved Deathloop. Got a ten on a lot of uh, review sites, and I was like, man, I should like Deathloop. And I just hated it. I was like, I just something about this game. I just do not like. It just does not jive with me. I don't know what is going on. I can see the appeal, but it's like just not for me. Uh, and so I still have it. I still have it, and I will probably need to sell it here pretty soon before it gets added to some sort of service. Oh, uh, man. Before you sell it, or go ahead and sell it if you want to, but let me play I'll let that. you borrow uh, Yeah, I'll let you case. borrow it for sure. That's one thing you're great at, Jake, is you let people <laughs> borrow your games. I really appreciate that. And all of my yeah. games, anybody who's a friend of mine, I'm really good about letting people borrow them as well. I actually had to start back. keeping like an Excel sheet at a, oh, yeah. a certain point because like I had so many games out, and I was like, I can't remember who I gave this to. Mm-hmm. At what point, um, and I don't have as many friends now as I did like back in my college years that were actually like playing games and stuff that, I, that I was lending games. But like back in the day, that happened to me all the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, 
But yeah, I, do I like, appreciate that about you, though, Jake. You've saved me a lot of money over the past couple of years. Yeah, anyone that yeah, anyone that's a good close friend of mine, uh, especially as they're getting onto a new system, it's kind of exciting to like bring them into the ecosystem. It's like, dude, you don't have to pay for any of these. Here are these games for you. <laughs> but now that you know these premium like subscription services are kind of out, like you know, I would have let you borrow Returnal. I would have let you borrow like some of the games you're playing, like Ratchet and Clank and stuff like that. But I think you bought Ratchet and Clank, but. That was a game I would I would have let you borrow if you just told me like oh dude I have that um so it's just a it's just a fun thing to bring somebody in to the ecosystem that's just starting out um uh but then also in terms of sticking with the game I'm not I'm not a person like I will go back and finish it if I feel like I want to if I really do feel like it I will like go back and actually finish it so that kind of leads into this next one um, what recommendations do you have for people who are stuck waiting for the next big thing to come out like in regards to their backlog or anything else they can really do uh zero parse uh aka matthew on twitter wrote in and said i tend to fall back into roguelites and deck builders when i run out of new things to play been running through gwent thronebreaker again and it has me wanting to do a witcher 3 all gwent run again uh, which is kind of crazy to me i wrote back to him i was like i didn't even know this was even a thing you could play yeah. the entire game of the witcher just <laughs> only gwent though <laughs> Sound like a Nuzlocke uh, Pokemon run or something like that. That's crazy. Yeah, you stop. Um, you stop the uh, what's the bad, the big bad in that game called the? Uh, I forget what it's called, but yeah, you save you save the continent by just playing a uh, card game in all the p- local pubs around the, <laughs> around the that's lands. That's hilarious. I didn't know that was a thing either until I saw that tweet. That's so great. Yeah, deck builders are. I would never have thought that it would be for me. Uh, Slay the Spire was pretty cool though. I mm-hmm. enjoyed that. That's not one that I poured a ton of time into, but I did pop in and play um, good enough to know that I really enjoyed it and, and thought it was a good game. But um, on my end, with when I have downtime and there's not anything to play, I always go back to my favorite old consoles and, and play some old games. Like I just played Jack and Daxter and um, 100% of that and got the Platinum uh, last night. Oh, and wow. That it was so much fun revisiting that. You know, that's not a platformer that people talk about these days as much, but it really has a lot um, in common with like Banjo Kazooie and Super Mario sixty four, mm-hmm. Super Mario Odyssey. The controls are a little dated, but everything in the levels is um, you know tuned to fit those clunky controls. So mm-hmm. after about an hour or so, you don't you don't really notice it, and the world building and the characters are all all pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's kind of been like the theme of my year is 100%ing things that like I've played all the games in my backlog, but I'm like I want to go back through and 100% them. So, mm. I got like 100 all the gold sculptulas and Ocarina of Time and nice. all the heart pieces, like as much as you can 100% that game I did and 100% of Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country 2. Uh Benjo Kazooie. Yeah, I was I've been on a tear this year just knocking out uh, completion routes basically on retro titles. Very, very impressive. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say for me, like play what you want to play. Like don't get so hung up on trying to play the thing that you fell off of just because you didn't like it. I mean, kind of like what Landry says, you you know, if you don't like something, you know, you don't have to go as far as excelling it and getting out of your house immediately, but really do think about it. Like try to jump back in. Um, cause sometimes things take a while to click and maybe like your second jump in is like, Oh, okay. Now I'm enjoying this. This is great. 
because uh, that happened that happens to me every now and then too but uh i like like you said i've been revisiting because so many like of the modern consoles now have virtual consoles or um, backwards compat stuff uh, i've been playing a lot of retro titles so i just finished paper mario 64 again i've beaten it before but it was just so fun to go back through that um and like I, returnal was one that i had put on the shelf since last year like i knew i wanted to finish it but it was just it was again it was tough uh, but then again, something clicked, I think after playing with you, I was like, I'm just going to try this out. And I just did like a few more runs and beat it. And I was like, that was great. I'm so glad that I nice. sat down with that. Uh, same with lost legacy. So I'm playing a lot of stuff that like I've been meaning to get to that. I know I enjoy. Uh, so that way when I do sit down and I beat them, that like sense of accomplishment is actually pretty great. It's like, yes. Okay. One more thing off the checklist of games I've won. I've like, wanted to beat or I just enjoy playing. So, and then, yeah. Have your have your have your go to have your game that you always uh, go back to. For me, it's like Smash Bros. You know, I can always jump into yeah. Smash Ultimate, play a few few rounds, and have a good time. Uh, but yeah, anything else for the for the for the folks out there that are waiting for uh, God of War Ragnarok? <laughs> no, I just think that you know, be content, enjoy <laughs> and enjoy one of the many offerings out there there's some especially with ps plus extra game pass mm-hmm. uh, nintendo switch online there's just so much to play and so much uh like get on twitter and like see what everyone's talking about and just pop it in you know there's there's always something that's going that's like trending that you can get involved in if you're like bored on something then try and like get in a conversation or like uh start talking to other people online about it that'll spice things up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it kind of a, inspire your your desire almost to like go back to it. It's like, you know what? I had a fun conversation about Golden Sun. I'm going to go play this. Uh, that's been happening, I feel like, more recently for me. But a big thing you just reminded me of also, there are other hobbies than video games. So if you ever, so if you ever feel yourself like, there's nothing to play, maybe that's your, your, your sign to just do something else for a little while. Uh, I find that when I step away from games... Uh, and do something else like running, writing, reading, podcasting, watching just a movie or something like that. When I do come back to games, I enjoy them more because I, I think it, I think we for we we think that like video games need to be the only thing that is like our hobby sometimes, and it's like oh you can do so many other things, and it helps it helps take away from like some sort of like the the buildup of need uh, that you feel like you have with games. Uh, so yeah, do do other things that's always good for you (laughs) yeah no question i'm i'm usually good about taking a month off and just not playing video games for a month i haven't done that in a while though need to do that it's always it's always really great because i like wind up reading something that's amazing or you know writing a lot more yeah Uh, there's a lot of free time that we commit to this hobby which is not a bad thing uh it's it's got a lot of wonderful perks and uh it's given me a lot of joy in my life but it's always nice to to get out there and see what what else is out in the real tangible world outside yes. of video games. Yes, yes, and we'll close on that, guys. We'll close on that. So tell us what you think. What what do you do normally when you're waiting for the next big thing to come out? Do you dive into your backlog? Do you do something else? Do you you, you jump into your other side hobbies you have? Let us know. Write into us or write to us on Twitter, uh, Landry. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. I appreciate you. Dude, thanks for having me. Anytime. Yeah. Where can uh, people find you at? You can find me on Twitter as well. You can search up my name, Landry Smith, or uh, just at Soft Iconoclast. Sorry. At Soft Iconoclast. That's where uh, 
you'll find me talking about video games mostly, a little bit of NBA talk, a little bit of uh, uh, classic lit talk, and that's that's about it. Classic lit, man. Um, go sure, be sure to go to uh, bitbloggers.com to see any of the latest stuff we've posted or talked about here. Uh, and yeah, check us out on Twitch, Discord, all the social channels if you want to stay in touch with us. And if you have a topic or a question you're curious about or just want us to dive into more, write into bitcast at bitbloggers.com and we'd love to cover it. Until next time, though, this has been Bitcast. Thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about some stuff.